Hello and welcome to the podcast Spooky Saturday. We are here to question the suspicious, investigate the intriguing, and do our best to distinguish fact from fiction. Each episode, we dive headfirst into a topic of choice and find stories, evidence, history, and more to discuss and debate. Join us in earning some merit badges, Spooky Scouts, if you survive. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Spooky Saturday, everyone. It's spooky season! It is. I was just talking about how last weekend we didn't have our show because I had to do a baby shower Zoom call and how I don't know why Zoom calls make me so anxious. <laughs> it's it's awful. Like I've developed a lot of Zoom anxiety. Yeah. And now I feel like it used to be it used to be can this email be or can this meeting be an email? And now I feel <laughs> like it's like can this Zoom call be an email? Yes. Please. Like don't not everything needs to be a Zoom call. Yeah. I know. Well, and like, there's so many things that we're planning and like all these, like we're, we're helping with the pajama party that's coming up. So I know, it's gonna be good. Well, that's going to be fun for the uh, raising money for Palomacy. I need to start just posting about that. Uh, anyway, see, I'm already thinking about things I we gotta will. do. We w- well, we're going to talk about that in a couple days. That's yeah. for a couple <laughs> days. That's a promble for a couple yeah. days from now, Kayla Be- and Holly. Before we started, I was like, I just was like, okay, hold on. We got to start. I have to scream. Ah! And I like scared Kayla. <laughs> So that I could, like, just, like, get us hyped because I was so sleepy. <laughs> I know. It's it's also a sleepy time of year as we move mm-hmm. into the colder months. Yeah. We're probably all becoming, what is that term, hyper hyperphagic. Oh, we're yeah. We're getting ready for to hibernate. I don't know. I just want to sleep all the time. Yeah. That's fair. <sighs> but I did bring to the table an important artifact, a limited, oh. uh, limited edition, um, Spooky Saturday merch that if you joined us for the game night, you would have been able to order. Oh my god, no, no, the shirt! shirt. No, no, it's terrible. No, they can't see what it says on the bottom. Oh Oh my god. I'll move it up higher so you can see it. I'm so upset that you bought that. (laughs) I bought it. It also has, like, the mark of black where I was trying to erase something. Oh my god, is that that? So it's like where you erased it, but it's just a black mark. (laughs) It's just a squiggle. But anyway, so exclusive merch for for the podcast. It's a shirt with with Strix on it freaking out, and then it says an inappropriate statement at the bottom. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to repeat it. That's cool. Cool, 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 cool. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, so if you joined us for our some of our fun times... That's what we did. No, Tavnazian, stop it. Stop it. Spray bottle. Psst, psst. <laughs> this was from when we were getting <laughs> getting crazy playing Jackbox games. Please, yeah. It was a great time, but this is this is serious scout business yeah, today. This, yeah, we got serious business today. Uh, on, a, on, a, on a happier note, we found one. We, found, we went out looking for chanterelles. We found one. I know that's so cool. We found one chanterelle. One. One. That's one more than I've ever found. Yeah. One. One beautiful, large, lord chanterelle. It was very large with its fun little, like, veiny, like, crisscrossy, like, non-gills. But we did find we almost were tricked. We all, they all, the nature almost got us because Uh-oh. we almost, uh, we picked a bunch of false chanterelles as well. And we oh, were like... Sh- we were like, uh-oh. But, like, they don't poison you. They're apparently just bitter. Like, they they won't right. kill you. Because, like, they looked like chanterelles. And I was like, I don't think these are chanterelles. 
And then we like looked it up and we were like, nope, they're not. And I dried one and it dried like orange, orange, like the orange, like this chapstick. Like it was, it was orange. So that was not a chanterelle. Jacks are different, right? But they also look like chanterelles. What are they? Um, Oh, the jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah, the jack-o'-lanterns grow. Those are like a lot easier to tell because they Mm -hmm. grow in clusters and they glow in the dark. (laughs) The best thing is like I'll be in this mushroom group I'm in and someone will like take a picture of a pile of jacks and be like, is this a chanterelle? I already cooked and ate it. Ah! I just want to know. That's happened so many times. And people are like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. No. Do not. But people do that all the time. That's They'll be like, no. I already ate this, but I just want to know. <laughs> that's what I, Don't that's, do that. Well, the, the jack-o'-lanterns are actually, like, they will, like, cause, make you sick. cause you to get sick. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, yeah, anyway, one chanterelle. Did it. Did it, guys. Did it. We did it. I'm sorry that your group keeps, like, almost poisoning themselves. That's why, like, I'm always, like, it's... I always think about people poisoning themselves with mushrooms, and I'm like, they there are a lot of lookalikes. You have to be really careful, but they're not as poisonous as we all think they are because people do this all the time. Oh yeah, like well, don't, I, but like I, don't like as if you're like the whole rule is when in doubt, throw it out. Like if you yeah, don't know, don't if you don't know a hundred percent that what you're eating isn't like isn't what it is, like throw it away. Just don't eat it. Like those little tiny ones we got, we were like, I'm not, I was like, I'm not sure these are chanterelles. Like they could be really tiny, but I think they're false chanterelles. So like, we just got to throw them out. And like, I was right. They were false chanterelles. I let one dry, dried really orange. Like I did all the like research on it, but I was just like, we could have eaten them. We could have just been like, oh, well, and just eaten them. Like, I don't think that's a good idea. You could be like that person. I don't feel bad for these people because they joined the group to just post a picture and be like. Am I going to die? I already ate this. And oh then like that God. screenshot I sent you, what did that say? It was like, does is edible. <laughs> so I I think of that all it the just time. Said, does is edible. I was like, oh. Remember, it was like, um, okay, I mean, well. And also like, there's a lot of mushroom books that like you can look at and research that like help you. Like it, it'll, it'll help you identify these things. It's not hard. Like it's, you just have to be, you just have to be aware not does is edible. <laughs> Sorry, it's do not edible question do not, mark. Do I not saved edible. a screenshot. I saved a screenshot of that uh, comment in my mushroom group. Do not edible? Do not edible? You can usually nibble in a mushroom you're not sure about and survive. And a lot of times, like, especially for like the fall chanterelles and stuff, they're bitter. So you're like, oh, okay, this is bitter. Like, I'm not going to eat this because it tastes bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it lets you know. So yeah, don't don't eat me. That don't taste good. <laughs> a big bad king boo boo said, "Just mainline black widow venom is it dangerous?" <laughs> Am I, does is edible? Does like, is did, edible? One did, of my favorite things though about hiking out in the forest here and looking for mushrooms. Speaking of like venomous things, there's no venomous snakes here. Like there are there's and the spider none, none. and the spot because it's too cold. The on the other side of the mountain in the desert, there's uh, rattlesnakes obviously, but here there's right? none. It gets too cold. So there's no venomous snakes, but there are a bunch of really cute, friendly snakes. So I'm always seeing these cute little friends just slithering around. And I'm like, oh, look at that little buddy. Like, they're so cute. They're like long, stripy boys. They're really oh, cute. little garter snakes. <laughs> yeah, they're really, really cute. They're like little, I will yeah, say, they're little noodle friends. And I'm like, look at you. Venomous snakes are nice, too. They're just like, just don't touch me. Yeah, I yeah. will. They, yeah, but you they're... Just, they won't, like, mess get, with you unless you step on them. 
Yep. We get copperheads and rattlesnakes outside my work because they'll come down off the mountain and then they'll be like, ooh, these warm, toasty fridges. I'm going to hide under them. Oh, They're no. So cute. They're very cute. Those are danger noodles, though. Those, those are danger noodles. That's yeah. why we get the people who know how to deal with danger noodles to move them. To move them <laughs> Very kindly and gently. Oh, people that know how to deal with danger noodles. That's a job yeah. description. Yep. Yeah. No, I love them. Anyway, thank you all for hanging out in the Spooky Saturday Discord. I love seeing everyone hanging out there. I'm glad, glad you're there. And as one more announcement, we have the Spooky Scout patches in the store. So you can get your own Spooky Scout patches. We are working on... We have one one secret patch that has not come out yet and we are working on what we want to do with it like i don't know we're still like i feel like we're still new to podcasting so we're kind of like what should we do so we're working on it but it will it be, will be riddle involved there'll like, be a, gotta riddle make it a involved. Challenge. there's like a fun riddle it's gonna be fun so you guys will enjoy it but for now the spooky scout patches are in the we crowing hen store so you can go get them if you want and they're fun and yeah it's great yep that's wecrowinghens.com slash store. Slash store. I haven't put them out individually. I feel like I should make that available. Right now they're available all together, but I will eventually put a listing to make them individual in case you just want one, not a bunch. Oh, okay. I'm not going to on. It's time to talk about folklore. It's time. Oh, wait, we have one more announcement. Oh my God. My favorite, I've been listening to this one podcast where they just, like, watch Alex Jones and just, like, talk about how absurd oh, no. he is. I know. Well, I have to keep up with the QAnon stuff, Kayla. You understand. I don't. I, don't. I have to keep up with it. I haven't done a, I don't have a QAnon update this week for our... Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I don't have a QAnon update because I was going to... <laughs> I was going to listen to the QAnon podcast, but I haven't had a chance. I haven't had a chance yet. I mean, since we since we all know what has been happening, there was the debate, there was all this, like, stuff. And so I wanted to see, like, what they were saying, but I, I didn't have time. We can just assume. Oh, I'm sure it's a treat, especially after the recent news. It's going to be a, a treat. You'll have to update us next week, because I, I will want to know what I comes will. of this week. I mean, Alex Jones was, oh, they think, like, the last episode during the debate, he was just, like, drunk. <laughs> I think, like, he nice. was just, like... Like, him and everyone it's, else it's yeah him and it was wild like he's a he's a wild a wild person the, and on this podcast where i was going with this they do they do a bunch of fun cute things at the beginning and they're like they open a mailbag and they the one host always goes zip like he's opening the mailbag he goes zip and it makes me laugh like it. every time and i just kind of want to <laughs> steal it and do it here because it just makes me so happy like if you guys send us mail i'll open the mailbag zip it just makes me really happy every time and i don't know why but oh we're gonna open our mailbag zip uh the not the podcast is knowledge fight by the way and they're great they say zip and makes me really happy uh but we got some coffee from space time coffee it says damn fine anytime look at these cute little bags they put little stamps on them and they like they hand kayla's got their site ready by the way it's lovely hand roasted coffee Thank you so much, Space Time Coffee. I had some of the medium roast, and it was it right here. Wait, wait, there it is. And it was lovely. They already ground it for us because we're plebeians. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not high class yeah. enough for that whole bean. Really lovely though. A wonderful small business to support in these very sweet times. people. Very sweet, yeah. And like when I got in the mail, I could smell it through the package. 
So I'm just gonna like, mm, I wish Kayla could take Kayla take a whiff. I'm gonna sniff through my. <laughs> <laughs> it mm. smells great. It smells great. It is the best smell. But yeah, thank you, thank you, Space Time Coffee. It's small, small coffee roaster to support. Yes, it's spacetimecoffee.com. Yeah. So thank you so much. All right, let's get to the let's get to the business now that we've we've closed the mailbag. Zip. Isn't that Zip. fun to say? Zoop. <laughs> Zoop. Zip. I don't know. I just find it really fun to say. I'm sorry. We need our own no, mailbag good. noise though. We can't steal theirs. We have to come up with our own. Maybe like doot. <laughs> <laughs> Beep. I know. We could just make the duh, 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 and, <laughs> and Jack can put the X Files noise oh, over yeah. it. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> do 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 do. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> so I already had a bunch of books, thankfully, that I actually probably hadn't even gone through much, much to talk about folklore stuff. But I also got an extra one, which I figured that we would use later in the podcast too. On the, Samhain or Samhain or Ooh, however you want to, cool. however you want to say it. Like we're gonna butcher the the word no matter what because there's some lore in here and some really fun little recipes. And I actually have their Yule book. This is the Llewellyns, so they're like the witchy publishing brand. But I have their Yule book as well, so it's uh, it's very fun. So I got That's some really cute little book. Yeah, they have one for each uh, seasonal holiday, which I really like. But so there's some recipes in here and I actually I wanted to post one of these recipes because it's part of my other research that I did on um, it's called soul cakes. Ooh, so, and what? it's it's uh, in the British Isles. The poor often went to prosperous houses on Samhain night seeking aid from in the form of food, money and prayers. And they offered prayer in return. Often the people visiting provided soul cakes as a sort of payment for the prayers and blessings that they offered to their dead. This dry cookie makes a nice addition to any any supper you wish to host. So, I don't know. It sounds fun. They sound they sound tasty. It is spelled pers- Samhain, but you say it like Samhain or Samhain. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Samhain. I've always said uh, I think it's Samhain. Samhain. I think it's Samhain. Samhain. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought that was fun. Fun little recipe. So, what did you what did you research? I researched some stuff from the British Isles this week because that's mostly what I have a background in. And I did a, dipped a little bit into Germanic folklore with the uh, Precta, who is the kind of like Ooh. German Baba Yaga equivalent. So I have some fun stuff on that. That's nice. Yeah. I, I did some Southern Appalachian folk magic. So I picked up one book because my other one didn't come in the mail, but about witches, ghosts, and signs in southern appalachia and it covers i I, the stuff i covered or bookmarked were folk cures superstitions and witchcraft so i think yeah you you grew up in the appalachias Mm -hmm. so you were so you know like that's like your place where you can find like witchcraft stuff like yes no one wants witchcraft there was nothing where i grew up no one it's like Los Angeles, like the desert, like I mean, sure there are lots of weird murders, and they said there were Satanists in the orange groves, but like I don't doubt that stuff. But I also just think it was just dumb suburban like wine moms getting upset about people playing D and D. So I don't think it was anything interesting. Whereas where you live, there's like all kinds of cool lore and spooky stuff. Oh yeah, there's like a uh, like all the the I, I recognized a lot of the 
the folk medicine in here as well as the superstitions, which they kind of go over in this book. Like superstitions are usually based in fear and intolerance in a lot of ways. So mm-hmm. you have to take it with a grain of salt because there's a lot of them are problematic problems. Problems. But, you know, the, the, the ones that are like fine, I recognize so many of them. Like I'll get into it when we get to it, but it was just it's stuff I grew up with. And then a lot of this, the guy that they interview or the guy who wrote it, is based in West Virginia, which I'm on like the edge of West Virginia. Mm. So a lot of this is familiar. And some of the stories, though, I had never heard, like the witch tales from Ooh. West Virginia. So I find them very interesting. Did, it'll be fun. did you listen to that um, spooky podcast I told you about? Hell yeah, I did. <laughs> I am really hooked on it. And I messaged them. I was like, hi, um, if you want me to do something like... I'm really into it. <laughs> Holly got me to start uh, Old Gods of Appalachia. I knew you would like I was that. like, well, because I was like very torn because I was like, are these people actually from here? Are they going to pronounce things correctly? And then they were just like very sassy about it. And I was like, this is correct. It is called the woods and not the forest. Thank you. That's what I grew up with. It was like, we're going out into the woods. It was never called the forest. Interesting. Yeah. It's very, it's, so it's like pretty, and like all of them are from various areas of the Appalachians. So. Like is the, is the four, or are the rocks there like really old? Like, is that like. Yeah, the mountains are, I think these like historic, like from my understanding of tectonics or whatever, geology. Yeah. Um, the Blue Ridge Mountains, like the Appalachian Mountains are the oldest mountains. And they're so like kind of rounded and worn down because they used to be really tall, but they're oh, just so old. because they're so old. Yeah, that's so that's like it is pretty creepy. Like when you, I would drive through when I went to West through West Virginia to get to Kentucky once. Like you'll go up on a mountain and you'll look down into this like vast valley of Whoa. just trees, and there will be just there will be a little town nestled down in there, but it's just like trees Whoa. all around it, and there's nothing. I mean, it's just a small town. So stuff like that is very creepy. That is creepy. It's, the witch story was is. awesome. Where like she talked to the, like the spirit that was like oh, so cool. It was so cool. And they do a lot of cool like voice stuff on that podcast too. Hello, this is Spooky Saturday, the podcast where we recommend other podcasts. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like a it's a narrative story podcast, so it's a little different. Also, like so that's fine. It's to help us all through these troubled times. Um, <laughs> it's true. Check it out. I recommend it. I for it. It definitely touches on all this stuff yeah i knew you would like that because i started listening to it and i was like oh no i'm too spooked and then i just told you about it (laughs) i can't go on it's so good all right yeah so yeah tell us tell us some stuff tell us some things kayla sorry everyone i have allergies allergies they're really bad because you're near the woods and i'm near the forest and both of them like (laughs) totally different plants everywhere just all these plants so what this book kind of goes through which it's called Witches, Ghosts, and, si- Ghosts and Signs, Folklore of the Southern Appalachians by Patrick W. Gaynor. And it goes over more than just the things that I've highlighted. It goes over traditional activities and customs, which was really interesting because they talk about pie socials. And I didn't know wakes were originally, I don't know, like, do you have wakes? You have wakes for people when I they mean, pass I away, I mean, I know what right? those are, but like, they're not common. Really? This is so weird to me. It's stuff like that that I'm like, what? Like, my whole life we've always had those. No, there. That's like that's like a kitschy thing. Like when my grandpa died, we had like a par- like kind of a party instead of like a service. So like, I feel like that's something like having like a like a party is kind, but it's still like a service. 
I don't know. It's right. weird. Like it doesn't it doesn't have that same meaning. Like because nothing on the West Coast like really has any meaning. <laughs> That's so weird. Because it's like it's the complete opposite here. Everything, everything has meaning. Like every little thing. Like when you get to the superstition section, good lord, every like yeah, walking through a door has meaning. So, <laughs> but there's so many. I, I, there's so many. And it's it's weird, but yeah, we always had wake had wakes here, so on the east coast or in the Appalachias, which I don't I don't know how you would define it. It's like it's not really a party. Yeah, I don't know. We won't get into that because that has nothing to do with this. Well, wakes they're like they're like a celebration of the dead, living, living dead. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of how they describe it let me read you how jury says it's a celebration of life right it's an all-night watch of friends and relatives over the remains of the dead before the funeral the custom is of unknown origin and antiquity so these days i feel like when i was told like we're going to the wake it was more it's the viewing now like going to the viewing um like i feel like that's what my parents called it Hmm. but obviously we weren't going to go sit up and watch someone overnight but that's not what it is today (laughs) so for me when it was like we're going to the wake it was i think i think traditionally the viewing like going to go see the body seeing the family spending time with the family sometimes the viewing typically the viewing would be at the funeral home and then i i think the wake would be considered like going and spending time with the family like after Jury just said my grandma died in West Virginia and my relatives rotated through keeping her company overnight during the wake. Yeah. Whoa. So it's like well, keeping keep people company? company after. Yeah. What? Or is it to like check if they like are really dead or not? Uh, so let me see what they say here. That's wild. When a death occurred in the community, it was customary for friends to go immediately to the home to prepare the body for burial. At one time, even the casket was made by someone in the community who was skilled at this type of work. The relatives of the deceased were relieved of all expense if possible. Friends brought food to the home in preparation for the wake, which hmm. is still what happens. Like we, So the wake would be the, separ- the separate event, like not the viewing. The wake would be to like go to the person's house. Like if someone's husband died, oh. you would go to the wife's house and bring them food and spend time with them. Oh. And so we did that for my great aunt. Uh, her husband passed away, and I remember we went to her house, and it was like everybody's there, and everybody brings food, huh. and then you hang out and kind of keep them company. So that's, I think, what it's considered now. Someone could maybe correct me if I'm wrong. At least like around here, that's what yeah, that's it is for me. But so it's a bit different. It sounds like jury. It's still kind of happening in West Virginia where they stay up all night, which I've never heard of anyone doing that in Virginia, like around here, but. It's possible, but that's historically huh. what it was. So I still hear that term. I've heard that term. That's really interesting. Still to this day. Yeah, we don't so have well. anything like that. No one, no, there's no tradition over here. It's just, <laughs> just, just that razzle dazzle. Except for overworking and being sad and like tech no. companies and the Pacific Northwest and like a Hollywood and LA. That's really interesting though. So. I mean, I feel like there should be, like, it has something to do with, like, checking to make sure the body doesn't, like, come alive. <laughs> Probably. I choose to believe that. Yeah. That's cooler. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like that has something to do with 
they talk about a lot of ghost stories in here, which I did not get into, but there were a lot. Oh, well, we can do that for another episode. Yeah. So many ghost stories. Starts off with that I would consider folk magic would be folk medicine mm. and folk cures. So not necessarily always herbalism or anything that's like seemingly practical. Sometimes there's silly things that are considered cures or silly habits. I'll read to you what this book says about it. For people who lived in rural areas, a knowledge of first aid and the use of common medicines was important. It was often impossible to secure the services of a physician, and even today this situation is much the same. Hmm. However, today's good roads have made it possible to drive to a hospital in a reasonably short time. But in earlier days, even for the birth of a baby, the midwife came to the home of the mother and hospital births were almost unknown, which straight up, for sure. Because we used to live, I grew up, on a dead end road that was top of a hill, middle of the woods. And you would have to come out that road, go into town, go all the way out and out way, 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 way out there. And eventually you would get to the interstate. So it would take you like a good 20 minutes to get to the interstate. And then another 15, 20 minutes to get to the city and then you have to go across to the other side of the city to get to the hospital. Oh, my God. So you were screwed if you had <laughs> anything happen. Yeah. So that's where I grew up. So I straight up believe that, like, that carries on to this day that you need to have some semblance, some understanding of first aid. Yeah. And maybe some of that has carried over, like, to some folk cures or, or like, anything like that, like, because you you live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I think of places in West Virginia, like I'm telling you, you drive through there and it's just vast expanses of forest. And like people around where I live, there's this, they always have a fair back in this town called Burkton. Because doesn't that sound like <laughs> yeah. Burkton? But that is, I think from my house where I live there was another, I want to say at least 30 to 40 minutes out the opposite direction to them in the middle of nowhere. So th imagine living back in Burkton, back in the mountains where you do not have cell service. You don't have cell service. Probably don't have internet. You just have satellite. What do you internet. do? You call what? What do you do? Yeah, die. Die. I <laughs> like, guess you need to have some folk cures, maybe some some healing medicine. I guess so. Yeah, but so stuff like that that carries carries forward to today. I feel like. People people maintained this knowledge to this day because of their living situations have not changed. That need to have access to medicine has not changed. And not having that access because you live in the middle of the mountains, in the middle of the woods. You don't, like, you're not going to be able to call someone. You're SOL, buddy. I don't know. But That's, I just thought that was interesting. How did, how did you, like, like, where did you buy groceries, though? Like, where did you buy, was there, like, a, a store in town when you were a kid? There was a very, very tiny grocery store that had, like, two aisles, but we never went to it because it was overpriced. <laughs> so every Friday night was the night that we would go to the city. Um, we would say go into town, but I think I would, cons that was a city. It had a hospital and everything mm. like that. It was near a city. So we'd go to town every Friday night and get dinner, which meant... Burger King or whatever, and then get groceries, do everything, like knock it all out on Friday night, and then the rest of the week, I'm just like living, living in that in the middle of the woods. Wow! So that's how it was growing up. How'd you not get abducted by aliens or something? I'm pretty sure I did get abducted <laughs> that one time. 
<laughs> that's so that's so like that's so wild like even though i grew up in like the suburbs like there was stuff like i mean it was it was straight city all the way from where i lived to the coast there was no break in it it was just city so you could drive you would drive for 100 miles and it was just city there was nothing else except for houses and buildings and hospitals and all the way to to the to santa monica to the coast so like it's weird to to think of being somewhere like that's so rural because i would i yeah. would be afraid like what do you do if you break your leg just lie there I've never broke a bone. (laughs) I've never, like, growing up, I never had to go to the hospital. I don't think my brothers had to either. Wow. So I have no frame of reference for that. I mean, we did dumb stuff. Like, one time, I remember the ditch flooded, and I was like, (laughs) I'm going swimming in it. And I swam in the ditch and then found a snake skeleton and picked that up and took it home. So That's cool. (laughs) You know, didn't die. I'm still here. Yeah, what if you got Um, bit by a snake? Yeah, that never happened. We oh just didn't. God. We just knew not to mess with them. Like, I, and it's very where I lived was not anywhere near like the base of the mountains or anything. So there were no. I don't think we ever encountered any venomous snakes. There wow. were a lot of the innocent sweet babs, <laughs> like black black rat snakes everywhere, giant ones. Yeah. But wow. Yeah, I can't. I don't think. Oh, my mom. My mom got bit by a dog once, and I think they just drove her to the hospital. It just took forever. Yeah, it just took forever. It's just inconvenient and painful for wow. a long time. That's wild. So, I mean, yeah. So, where I grew up, it was like we had a couple restaurants. I think I remember when we got a Subway. That was cool. <laughs> you know, had a craft store. That's nice. It was just, it was, it was great. But I, I think that the knowledge of these things have withstood the test of time because the sorry that's my bird i see i've been um, watching him he's been just cleaning it he's excited he's doing a dancey yeah he's flapping in the background the, this is what was i saying this has withstood the test of time because the living situation has not changed you're still living in the middle of nowhere you know, they're not going to build hospitals out in the middle of nowhere. They're not going to. Yeah. I think there is actually a doctor's office in the town I grew up in now. But it's like, that guy's not going to be there all the time. He's not going to be able to deal with emergency situations yeah. necessarily. So that has not changed. So some of these these ideas, like, there's really basic stuff lift, listed in here. And then there's some weird stuff. But, like, using aloe when you have a sunburn. Mm. Like, you know, that. That's a very common one, but that's something that's, like, carried forward. Like, things that you could do to deal with it. Like, I know that, what is it, camphor oil? Using that for, I think you use that for boils. There's, like, oh, that's interesting. this type of oil. Yeah, that my, uh, growing up, we always had, like, this tin, this, like, old tin of <laughs> oil. And you use it on the boil to bring it to a head. There's just stuff like that, which, just all kinds of stuff. I don't know. Let me read this to you. That's That's cool. There were certain people who became knowledgeable in the use of herbs for medicines. These herb doctors were usually women, sometimes called granny women. I've never heard that term before, but I love it. I highlighted it. Their knowledge was handed down to them from other generations, and some of it has been learned from the Native Americans. Many of the folk cures make use of the common herbs and plants that grow in the fields and woods. 
A good number of the herbs used in folk medicine have been found to have real medicinal value and are used in well-known medicines which are sold in pharmacies today. Many of the folk cures are nothing more than superstition. For example, the practice of rubbing a wart with a stick, then throwing the stick into a swamp where it will rot so that the wart will disappear could not possibly be anything (laughs) but superstition. However, numerous people have told me that they have had warts removed by this method. The passing of a baby under a raspberry bush to prevent whooping cough could be nothing but superstition. But he goes over just different ones like basil. The fragrance of the basil plant is inhaled to produce cheerfulness. It is supposed to be good for the heart. Ash. The sap of the ash tree is used as an antiseptic. It is applied to wounds to prevent infection and to induce healing. I've heard that. Hmm. That's interesting. Ash tree? Mm-hmm. The the sap of an ash tree. Hmm. Can they, I didn't know if a lot of these I had never heard of because they talk about summer complaint oh. as being an affliction. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Burdock leaves I've are used that. as a fever remedy. Yeah. The leaves are bandaged point down to the patient's wrists and ankles. They're supposed to absorb the fever, which will run out at the points of the leaves. A string of burdock hung around a baby's neck will cure the colic. The roots are pounded, boiled, and made into a poultice for ringworms. Hmm. Oh, I've heard this. Clay mud. You place clay mud on a bee sting. I've heard that. Oh, that's great. That that makes sense, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that would, because that would draw out the, I mean, it's the same as how they, like, talk about, no, not peeing on a snake bite, because that actually doesn't do anything. (laughs) That's like, does peeing on a jellyfish sting do anything? Because I've heard that one. I mean, I'm, I mean, what? Maybe water on it. I don't know. I don't know if that'll do anything, honestly. Also, don't suck out snake venom. That's not that's a thing. Not, that don't do that. No, that doesn't sound like it would work. But yeah, it's a lot of different things like that. Garlic is used for bronchitis <laughs> and colds in the head. Sorry, Tavnazian said, "Yes, island boy here. You do pee on stings." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Now I know that one's true. Oh, hi, Mojo. So yeah, I was trying to, I don't think I found anything that was like particularly interesting in that section other than the idea of it. Because a lot of these are true. Like they said, a lot of the benefits from these herbs ended up being developed into medicines and actual yeah. cures and things today. People like herbalism is a thing. It's something like I just made some fire cider two weeks ago, has a week left. But that's just taking things that are anti-inflammatories. You should. I have a week left. I should have brought the jar in here to show you. It's real straight nasty. But like red onion, garlic, turmeric. It's not moldy or anything, is it? Horseradish. Nope. It's not moldy. I have it sealed in a jar and then you shake it every day. And it's just like emulsifying. I don't know. It's like turning into a big like. It's going to be great. You take a shot of that. It should clear you up. That's my goal. I have to clear up, hopefully clear up the Yeah, that's everything. the allergy. Yeah, it supposedly helps with allergies, which makes sense, especially if you use like local honey and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I have some local wildflower honey I can put in it. Like you kind of put some in to cut it and make it less intense, but you're just yeah. supposed to like shoot it back because no. it's not pleasant. Yeah. But stuff like that, like there's merit in that because garlic... And all, all of those items have anti-inflammatory properties. And obviously, like, onions and garlic and, and horseradish are just going to, like, clear you up. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, for you sure. think of those things individually. Ugh. Yeah, that is, yeah, that's so there's cool. still some value in that. I still haven't... You sent me some of the spice bush sticks, and I still haven't done those yet. Like... Spice bush. They smell so good, though, when you snap them. Like, you snap mm-hmm. them, and they smell really good. 
I need to get you some more locally forged stuff. That store that's so cool. has a bunch. Oh, and then they can I did highlight this section because this is a section of the fun ones, the ones that are superstitious cures. Oh, yeah. They say in here that the cures can be easily recognized as pure superstitions. Many of them are harmless, but some can be very harmful if used as a substitute for medical treatment. So please don't. Do not. If you take a knife and peel a piece of the bark of a peach tree downward, it will act as a purgative. But if you peel it upward, it will act as an emetic. Okay. Medic. Wash your face in the dew before sunrise on the first day of May, and you will always have a good complexion. Oh, my God. There's a, there's a, that's, that, I, that's from Scotland. I, like, oh. remember that. Because when I did, so when I did the the Beltane Festival in Scotland, there was a, and it wasn't for a good complexion. It was, like, for, like, prosperity in the new year. At the end of Beltane, which is the first day of May, May Day, we would all, I even did it. I did it with the whole, like, troop of performers from Beltane as we walked up. And Calton Hill, and you wash your face in the dew. That's like a thing you're supposed to do on May Day is wash your face in the dew to like give you a prosperous year or whatever. So that that originates in Scotland. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. There's a lot on warts, which I had a I had a wart on my finger when I was growing up. <laughs> and I heard some of these. Eventually I got mad at it and I was in Girl Scouts and I had a pocket Uh-oh. knife. Uh-oh. And I just, like, dug in into it until I got to the little, like, seed ah, part and pulled no, that out. And then it didn't no, come back. No. Hardcore. Ew. You can't be as hardcore as me. <laughs> no. Ah. Anyways, that's how I got rid of my wart. But these are uh, some of the solutions that are listed in this book, which I've heard of some of them. To cure warts, wash your hands in stump water. A ninth sun can remove warts. Drop the dirt from a newly made grave on a wart and the wart will disappear. Oh. To cure warts, pick them with a pin and bury the pin. <laughs> to, to cure warts, take a hair from the tail of a gray horse and wind the hair around the warts. I feel like that suffocates it. Yeah, maybe. Um, to cure warts, steal a dish rag and rub it on the warts, then bury the dish rag. When it rots, the warts will disappear. Hmm. There's like there's like a million for warts. Just like tons of warts remedies where i guess people were very much afflicted with warts and we're like what what is this it also feels like something that if it gets cured you can just blame it on the remedy like yeah that worked because they'll just like sometimes go away (laughs) yeah they just sometimes leave i mean and if you suffocate them enough i think they like fall off or if you take your pocket knife to it and just like dig it off your finger sure Sure. (laughs) but don't do that that was Mm -hmm. very painful and stupid do not do not not recommended nope not recommended. Mm-hmm. Sorry you can't be as hardcore as young me. <laughs> who was just sick of it. That's pretty much it when it comes to f- folk remedies. There's just a mixture of actually effective herbal remedies and then absolutely bizarre superstitions that, like like you said, eventually, if you try enough things, eventually one of them is going to work. And if you happen to do where you wash your hands in stump water one day, you're like, that's what did it. Yeah. That's what it was. I washed my hands in the stump water. Yeah, who is it? Lotus Priest said, in Japan, people carry pieces of snake skin in their wallets because it's said to attract wealth. Ooh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I should have... Well, this, like, all the stuff you're talking about, I should have brought in my other book about... I have a whole book on talismans that has so many, so many of these, like, folk remedy kind of things in it. But uh, alas, I read different ones. Alas. That's okay. That's okay. You, it sounds like you have some interesting yeah. stuff I'm excited to hear. 
Yes. I Yeah. Well, the next section it goes into is superstitions, which kind of like yeah. piggybacks on the last thing. So that was some superstitions, I'd think. And Patrick W. Gaynor here, he, he kind of starts off with this story that I thought was very interesting in this insight in it, which is that many superstitions are harmful for they cause foolish fears and may do harm to the minds of people who believe them. The fluttering of a bird at the window of a home could arouse fear in the mind of one who believes it may be an omen of death. Mm. In my early childhood, I heard from an old lady that when the lily in the corner of our yard grew up in four stalks in the spring instead of the usual three, there was sure to be a death in the family. Uh-oh. I looked, yeah, I looked forward to each spring with great fear that the lily might grow up in four stalks. I even dug off the topsoil, hoping that if I found four stalks starting to grow, I might cut one of them off and thus prevent a death. It is wrong to burden the mind of a child with such foolish fears <laughs> when the child's mind should be filled with happy experiences. Are you kidding? Poor that sounds Patrick. sick. I would have been like into it. Like, <laughs> oh, just gonna nice. Magic is real. Magic is real. And this guy's like, you've ruined my childhood. I'm going to put this in a book. Mm, sounds like your childhood was too good. <laughs> uh, too metal. I, hi- I try to highlight a combination of ones that I recognized and ones I thought were cool. So let me go through those because I think you'll find some of these really neat. And I'm interested to hear if you've heard any of them or if this is just completely like an Appalachian thing. It will bring good luck if on New Year's Day you cook cabbage and black-eyed peas together and put a dime in them. Hmm. You familiar with that? I'm not, no. Oh, that's a thing. Okay. If the birds get the combings from your hair, they will make a nest of it and you will always have a headache. <laughs> Great. No wonder I always have a headache. I'm pretty sure all the birds in this house have the combings <laughs> from my hair. Paco's just like making a little nest. Yeah, feathers for sure. If you wear a penny in your shoe, it will bring good luck. I've heard that. In fact, I've done that as a kid. I'm pretty sure my granny told me that. And she's the same one that told me about the Buckeyes being lucky and like all the Midwest stuff that she told me about. Oh, she was so, so cool. She, she, yeah, she definitely told me about the penny in my shoe one. And I had just forgotten that until now because I remember walking around as a kid with the penny in my shoe and being like, ow. <laughs> This sucks. <laughs> like, like I don't know why I did this. I put it in my shoe, but I'm just now I'm stepping on a penny. <laughs> I I recognize the next two, which are if you kill a toad, your cow will give bloody milk. I've heard that. Hmm. I haven't heard that. It is bad luck to raise an umbrella in the house, which I think I have heard that. Yeah, I think that's I just to that. keep kids from bringing your umbrella in the house and like opening it and being an asshole. Yeah. A howling dog means death. Which I thought was Ooh. pretty dope. Oh, Sprinkles a Dragon Cat. I was told that one, too. That if, if a ladybug lands on you, it's lucky. Oh, I heard that I was told a, that a butterfly. Oh. Interesting. I heard that. I don't like ladybugs because my first experience was one landing on me when I was a kid. It, like, peed on me. And it smelled really bad. <laughs> so. I remember. Yeah, I've had that happen. It was yeah, the worst. Like, they pee like a yellow little blob. And it smells like... Um, God, it almost smells like like ink or paint, like really it's strong bad. paint. Yeah, it's bad. It's a defense mechanism. <laughs> well, he landed on me. That's not pee. It's like some defense thing. You know, it's like it, to me it's like as they a child, it, it yeah. looked like pee, and I was like, this yeah. bug pissed on me. They 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 secrete it from their legs. It's like to to it's like to get predators to go away. It's the anyway. worst. It's terrible. Yeah, it's gross. It smells bad. Yeah. I mean, they're bright red. They've got to have some kind of, like, weird defense that makes them people not want to eat them. It's true. 
They look they they don't look very appetizing, but ugh. no. If anyone eats fruit that has grown in a graveyard, he will die before the year is out. Which ew, Ooh. don't do that. That sounds Ooh. gross, but also cool. My friend Jessie would definitely do that because if there was free fruit in the graveyard, <laughs> she'd be like, oh, hell just yeah. Take it. This one's this one's cool. I just love this one. It makes me feel a certain kind of way. Um, the dead must always be buried to face the rising sun. Oh, that's neat. Some metal. Some Lathander worshippers. Yeah, it's uh, so cool. <laughs> if the thread knots while one is sewing, it means the one who is sewing will die. And oh, come on, thread knots all the time yeah. when you're sewing. Like I'm, you'd be I, like, I would be dead a million times over. Same, I would be super dead because that happened to me just the other day when I was sewing a button. It happened like four times. I was like, Ugh. yeah. That's very, that's very, uh, yeah. All, a lot but of them. Not, not magic. Not magic is very common. So tying knots and things is something that I've heard a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Ooh, if you step, I've heard this one. If you step over a broom, you will never be married. Oh, I haven't heard that one. And then uh, if a bird flies in the window, someone in the family will die, which I'm like. I've, I've, I've heard that as being bad luck. I don't know about, I don't know that my parents or my family or whoever told me these things because it's been too long ago for me to remember ever was like, somebody's going to die tonight. Like it was yeah. just like, it, was, it sucks. It's bad luck. Something bad's going to happen, I think would be the term that would be told to me. Interesting. Oh, it has, it is bad luck for a hen to crow in here. If you sing before breakfast, you will cry before supper. Hmm. Yeah, the, oh yeah, well that's by the crowing hen thing. That's why I came up with we crowing hens. Yeah, I was like, it's, it's bad in luck here. For it. Yeah, it's bad luck for a hen to crow. Just bad luck all over the place. It's so much bad luck oh, in this wow. book. The hooting yeah. of an owl close to the house means bad luck. I've heard that. Here's an interesting one. If you cannot find a lost article, spit in the palm of your hand while saying spitter, spitter, spider. Tell me where that name of the article is and I'll give you a drink of cider. Hit the spittle with your right forefinger. Follow the direction where most of the spittle goes and you will find the article. That's complicated. It's very complicated. And what? (laughs) Yeah, and what? Like, now there's... That's not acceptable in the time of the Rona. You can't just be spitting everywhere. You just can't be spitting in your hand and flinging that spittle. You can't be spitting everywhere. When you find a hairpin, press it together. If the ends are even, you will meet a boy. If uneven, you will meet a girl. Oh, when a horseshoe is hung with the open end up, your luck will not run out. I've heard that one. And I've heard this one. The, this rhyme should be kept in mind while walking. I've heard the first half of this rhyme. I've never heard the second half, which is see a pin and pick it up and all the day you'll have good luck. And then. Oh, I've heard that. The second half is see a pin and let it lie. Bad luck to you will fly. Probably because it's Uh-oh. dumb. Yeah, I haven't heard that one. Oh, when you get a small hen's egg, throw it over the house to avoid bad luck. As a heads up to you. If you get a small one. Just like, whoop. Chuck Freya it. always lays small ones. We better throw it over the house. Just chuck it. She's a small lady. She's very small, but you got to chuck it for yeah. you. Got to avoid bad luck. Right, I got to chuck it. Got to chuck it. This one's just dumb. It is bad luck to close an open gate. I mean, I, but like also courteous. Yeah. You need <laughs> like, to close and like you open the gate yeah. to leave it. Yeah. I feel like that's, I don't know. I don't know. There's and there's more. There's I could go on and on and on. I like this one. This one's cool. A falling star is a sign of death. Ooh, great spooky. That is spooky. Ooh, to lean a broom against the bed will bring bad luck. Oh, interesting. 
I think that's just to keep children from, like, leaving things where they're not supposed to yeah. be. <laughs> Cupcake Valkyrie said, if you want a good luck, if you want good luck all week, give your tiny eggs a yeast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh. It is bad luck for a whippoorwill to light on the roof of a house, which I've never heard. Hmm. I've never heard that one. And it is bad luck to start a journey on Friday. Interesting. That's, like, anytime people go on journeys because they have, like, they're going for the weekend. Well, it's bad luck. Got wait. Just wait Guess till so. wait till Saturday. There's Guess so. There's so many. It goes on and on and on. Oh, these two were interesting because they had to do with like powers, like having ma- some magic. So it says when a newborn child is veiled, it will have the gift of second sight, Ooh. which I think is like when you're born with the something with the sack. Like there's a sp- oh. it means oh yeah something yeah specific. yeah the embryonic sac yeah. is over the still over the baby yes. yeah so then Gross. it'll have the gift of second sight and a child born on Christmas Day which I know someone born on Christmas Day so I want to ask him can understand the speech of animals isn't that cool that is cool and I think they're like uh, Eliza Thornberry oh, man <laughs> remember that show that was so good back in the day. <sighs> The last one I highlighted was interesting because I did I've never heard this but it this tradition is still celebrated like at high schools around where I grew up which is for good luck eat pancakes on Shrove Tuesday and Shrove Tuesday comes is the day before Ash Wednesday. Oh, technically it's like confessing sins in preparation for Lent. And around here it's hmm. just devolved into that day every year a lot of high schools have pancake dinners. And I've always wondered, like, why are they having pancake dinners in February? What is it? Because they'll have spaghetti dinners other times, but it will specifically be pancakes huh? on that day. I mean, everyone loves pancakes. Apparently, they do it in the UK, too. Yeah. Hmm. I love pancakes. I love no, pancakes, No one's going to complain. No one's going to complain about pancakes. I just had no idea that there was a reason for it. I was just like, I guess February's just pancake time. Like, yeah. <laughs> which, fair. But apparently this uh, people so. in the chat are saying it's, like, everywhere around very common. Hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> but I always wondered what the reasoning was, because certainly around here they do not. I mean, primarily around where I live and what I grew up was Southern Baptist. Right. I survived. The weirdest uh, thing is, like, I grew up around them, too. Like, the mega church down the street from me was Southern Baptist. Yeah, and so it's, like, it's not, like, like, Ash What are they doing there? Yeah. Why would they celebrate Shrove Tuesday? They don't. Like, we never did, like, as growing up Southern Baptist. But this, and and around here, no one's, I mean, there's definitely Catholics and Catholicism around where I live, but it's not prominent enough. I would say the prominent religion is Southern Baptism. And it's like, hmm, what's with the pancakes? And now I know. I just think it's a tradition that's carried onwards. I don't think, because they definitely don't advertise it as it's Shrove Tuesday Pancake Day. Like, right. it's just pancake dinner. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. I like pancakes. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? And then the last section I got into is the good, the good, good, which is witchcraft. Mm. Yes. So they talk about he he starts off talking about the belief of witchcraft in the in Appalachia, and as as well as several iterations of the ritual to become a witch. Ooh, I'm sure all like most of them involve guns because 
<laughs> you know. What? Yeah. I've never I've never heard that before. It's very interesting. Oh boy. We'll get to it. One of the sections I highlighted in here that I wanted to share was um people firmly believed that the devil was still active and diligently striving to win souls away from God. Witches are people who have denied God. So Alex Jones still believes that too. <laughs> Uh, witches are people who have denied God and have sold themselves to the devil for his service. Therefore, the belief in witchcraft sin. could be no sin. Becoming a witch, however, was the unforgivable sin. Mm. And they also, which is interesting because I think maybe when we talked about fairies, I may have mentioned this, but fairies were never a thing growing up for me. Like, I definitely heard of witches and stuff like that. But the he addresses that in here, the fact that that's not a thing around here. Yeah. It says the belief in the existence of fairies who could dispel the harm done by witches was not accepted by the mountain people who believed that good could come only from God. So basically they were just like, nah, that's, yeah, that's not Jesus. Yeah. You need Jesus. Needs Jesus. Um, and then he kind of talks about different stories of summoning Satan to become a witch. So here's one of them that I thought was interesting. One must go to the top of the highest mountain just at sunset, taking his rifle along, and just as the sun is setting over the horizon, he must turn around three times, each time swearing against the divinity and shooting his rifle at the setting sun. He must do this on hmm. three consecutive evenings. On the third evening, after the ceremony is completed, the devil will appear with his big book and his iron pen. Then the mortal must sign his name in his own blood and to make the compact with the devil." The time of the agreement may vary a number of years, but in most instances, the mortal is not informed as to how long he will live. Huh. And. Interesting. Yeah. It's like several in a row that involve shooting your rifle at things. Hmm. One of them was shoot at the moon, which I was like, shoot calm down the there, buddy. So you just like yeah, spin around and shoot your rifle at the moon. That's that's how people get bullets like falling on them. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, this one was, I think, my favorite. It's just, this is. It's not like the moon is real. <laughs> it's not real, so you can shoot it. <laughs> Another interesting form of the ritual is anyone who wishes to become a witch may do so by going to one who is already a witch. There was a certain old woman who had been a witch for years. She took the convert, who was a young woman about 20 years old, to an old spring in the north side of the mountain. She took a large handkerchief and spread it out on the water. Then she tied a knot in each of the three corners of the handkerchief, at the same time denouncing God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost while sprinkling some water on the convert. This was done three times until there were three knots, one in each of the three corners of the handkerchief. Then the convert hold, held the free corner, the one which was not knotted, and in her right hand she held the handkerchief and turned it around three times, at the same time calling upon the devil to appear. When the devil appeared, he had a big book and an iron pen. It was necessary for the convert to draw some blood from her arm and sign her name in the book in her own blood. She then became a witch. Oh. And then uh, shooting your rifle at the full moon was the next one. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. This is my favorite. Just, like, just take your rifle and like, shoot it at the moon. Just go shoot. Yeah, just shoot at the moon. Sure. Let's shoot the moon. And they talk, he kind of talks a bit about white magic, the white art. Hmm. So, and he addresses it as there are certain people who are said to be gifted with powers to do things which ordinary people people cannot perform they have the power of healing of finding underground water finding lost articles of prophesizing and of communicating with the spiritual world the white art is considered to be a gift from god a, a baby born with a veil which is a fetal call which we talked about is supposed to have the power of prophecy here 
A pos- huh. posthumous child, one born after the death of its father, is said to have the power to cure certain ills into prophecy. The seventh son of a seventh son has unusual powers, such as the power to prophecy and to heal the sick, which I've heard that. Oh, I've heard. I think I've heard that, too, or read it somewhere. And then he goes into water witching, which was like, a. I heard that Ooh. all the time growing up. Have you, are you, did what? you not have that where you could take a forked stick and if you had the ability to like water witch, oh. you could find it? I mean, they didn't, no one called it water witching and everyone knew, it was like, that's fake. No, it's like, real. It was never like. It's real. <laughs> I, we've, it's called, it's called dowsing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but it's real. Yeah. I, I heard it called dowsing, but I didn't think it was real. I thought it, I thought it was just like nonsense. No, it's real. I've like when I was little, we used to do that, and it's in this. It, he actually tells a story of where he it was like when his home was built, he had a water well drilled by a competent driller, and the guy could not find water. And then he called another guy, and this guy showed up with a forked stick, and he walked around until it dropped to the ground, and he drilled down there, and there was water. And the guy, yeah, and he was like, the guy writing this book was like, okay, this is nonsense. Let me do it. And he did it. And he said he could feel it, feel it pull down towards the ground. That's wild. It's a Flumpton in chat said dowsing is still taken very seriously by a lot of farmers. Yeah, it is. Like when, when I was growing up, that's like, we would do that. My parents drilled a well out in our yard and it was just a thing. Like it's, it is in, in farming around here for sure. That's that's so fun. I hate that I grew up in a place where everyone was like, nothing fun is real. Just be miserable. <laughs> just be sad. There's no water witching. Everyone just gets to like here, like, oh, everything's on fire. It's all just climate change. Everyone's sad. Here's another track home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to like go. That's why I loved going to Vegas because it was spooky and weird. It, yeah. That's like, where all the fun the stuff was. The desert was weird. Yeah. The desert was cool and weird, but where I grew up was just boring. Except for the Satanists in the orange groves. I'm trying to think. I want to read you one witch story because I want to get to your Yeah, I want to hear it. That's okay. I like, this is all, all my stuff is like so helter-skelter compared to this. So I am enjoying this. Uh, This one, I've. And I have some spooky season stuff just because I was like, whatever here. Spooky season's good. We're (laughs) going to talk about it all October. Yeah. All, all, and and beyond. And beyond. I had actually, I don't think I've heard any of these stories. They're very West Virginia specific. Um, But based on title alone, I'm going to read you this one. Because it's the Witch of Booger Hole. The Booger Hole! So, one of the most interesting witch stories I have ever found had its origin in Clay County, West Virginia, on Big Otter Creek at a community which was once known as Booger Hole. The story was told to me by the great-granddaughter-in-law of the woman who is said to be a witch. In the story, the witch woman is simply called Grandma. I don't know what it is with things being called holes. Like, I told you there's a swimming spot out near here. The swimming hole is a blue hole. And people go swimming there. It just cracks me up, some of these names for things. That's so interesting. So, here's the story. It was back about the beginning of the century that Grandma lived at a place called Booger Hole on Big Otter Creek. Grandma had a mare that she called Old Fanny. One day, a young fellow named Andrew came to Grandma and said, I'd like to borrow your mare to do a little plowing. Grandma said, all right, Andrew, you can use her if you don't work her too hard and be sure to feed her well. 
Well, after three days, Andrew fetched old Fanny back. And when Grandma looked at her, she said, Andrew, you've ruined my mare. You worked her too hard and she looks mighty peaked. Now, Andrew, I'm going to ride you every night till you're just as peaked as old Fanny. Well, some folks around said that Grandma was a witch and that she could do strange things. I don't think Grandma ever witched anyone, but then she might have done it. Anyhow, Andrew said that she came in uh, in of a night and put a bridle on him and rode him all over Pilot Knob. He'd wake up in the morning what? all tired out with burrs in his hair and his mouth sore from the bridle bit. This went on until Andrew was almost crazy. Grandma lived in a little log house that had been used at one time as, as a schoolhouse. It didn't have lights in the windows, but Grandma kept a quilt hanging over the window at night. One night, someone raised the quilt and shot poor old grandma as she was sitting in her chair. I went in there right after she was shot. They were aiming for the moon, but they <laughs> shot, shot grandma. Uh, I went in there right after she was shot, and I saw grandma with her arms hanging down over the sides of the chair and the blood running down. Well, they accused Andrew of the murder, and they arrested him, but they didn't have any evidence against him, only that they said grandma had put a spell on him, so they let Andrew go. Now, there's another part to the story that some folks don't know about. There was a man who had come to this community whose name was Henry Hargis. He was a stonemason, and he built chimneys for a lot of folks around here. People don't... People... Bleh, bleh, bleh. People said he kept money around him all the time, for a lot of folks didn't trust the banks to keep their money. Henry Hargis disappeared, and nobody seemed to know what had become of him, though a lot of folks thought there had been foul play somewhere. Grandma thought she knowed one of the men who had killed Henry Hargis, so they say she put a spell on this man's horse so that he couldn't catch it in the field. The horse had always been tame, but now every time the man would come near it, it would kick and bite. He had an idea that Grandma had put a spell on his horse, so he went to her and begged her to take the spell off his horse. She said, all right, I'll take the spell off your horse if you tell me where Henry Hargis is buried. Well, he finally told her. It was not long after that when we were in a room. There was Grandma and some other women, and I was there with my little baby. I had been married the year before to Grandma's grandson, and I was holding my little baby in my arms. Grandma said, I could light my pipe. And before it goes out, I could take you to where Henry Hargis is buried. I tried to get Grandma to keep still, but these women had already heard her. Well, it was not long after that when they shot poor old Grandma. And I always did believe that these women told their husbands that Grandma knew too much and that's why they killed her. Whoa. She just no. sounded like a badass. <laughs> yeah, right? Like this old lady smoking a She's pipe. just like, I could tell you where he's buried. I figured it out because I tricked this yeah. dumb guy and told him that I put a spell on his horse <laughs> that's amazing but a lot of them are like this there's just a lot of different like sassy women stories or women turn ten, turning into raccoons that's so cool turning into yeah raccoons? there's the raccoon witch i think it was like a raccoon what? the dogs so someone t talking about dogs howling at night and then um that night, George Heater took his dogs and went a-hunting. The dogs treed a big coon. George shot at it, and he shot at it, but he couldn't kill the coon. And George is a good shot, too. So he got out a silver bullet he was carrying in his pocket, put it in his gun, and shot once yeah, more. As you, you do. Know, as you do. This time, the coon screamed do. like a woman, leaped from the tree, and ran like a hant. The dogs chased it a piece, but gave it up and returned. And from that time on, Martha Pringle always had an injured side and never saw a well day. Oh, no! Raccoon yeah. witch! So that was uh, proof of witches being able to take animal form. That kind of ties into my stuff. Yes, tell me about it. Like, I have the God, I just, I read so much. I just went too deep into everything. But I will tie it into that as I, I did do some research on like witchcraft and folklore in that sort of sense of like, 
leaving things for witches and 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 for Precta because I thought Precta pre- I thought Precta was a good tie-in to this sort of folk magic thing because she's a like a German figure and is it in in Bavaria and um they like people would leave things out for her and things like that but she also looks like Baba Yaga like similar like like a like iron nose and like a one leg there's one where it says that she might have like a swa a goose foot Ooh. there's one in France these so these images of women and witches with like a long nose and an animal like a bird foot and are like crones are everywhere like they're everywhere they're from South America to France to Eastern Europe I mean it the like how prolific these are is just like bizarre. Yeah, so Precta appears ambiguous, sometimes kind and helpful, but often malevolent. Uh, Precta oversees spinning, rewarding diligent spinners, punishing lazy ones, and those who spin on days when spinning is prohibited. Has disheveled hair and a long or iron nose. Sometimes she has a large foot or a goose or swan foot. If the house has not been swept clean on Christmas Eve in parts of Austria, Prechtel cuts open the stomachs of the lazy girls and fills them with rubbish. She carries a broom, needle, and scissors for this purpose. Sometimes she appears with the souls of the dead and unbaptized children. Prechtel is sometimes identified as the wife of Pontius Pilate or the daughter of Herod. I just love the image of... This like creepy witch lady carrying a broom, needle, and scissors to cut open people and put rubbish in their Stuff stomach. Garbage, <laughs> right? I was like, this is a messed up idea. Also, this was yeah. Why is it always so effed up? I don't know. There was one thing I read that an, it, I forget which country it was, but it was another. It was one of the Eastern European countries, and there was another Baba Yaga like reference. Let me see if I can find it. Oh my god, it was like it was even more messed up. Because uh she I can't find out. It was here somewhere. But um pretty much there was a story about this like witch that lived in the woods. It was like Baba Yaga, and at the end of the story they cut her head off and she ran away using her braids. Uh, the head ran away. No. So I was like, Oh my god, it looked like a leggy boy. It's like a milk legs. It's just like a head on braids. Oh my gosh, that's awful. Right? I thought that was bizarre and amazing. So in France Oh, this might have been it. Oh. Well, I'm going to read it anyway. In France, there's a legendary queen with a goose foot. I'm not going to try and read the French because I have no idea. (laughs) 12th century sculptures on church portals represent the queen of Sheba with a goose foot and legendary attributes such as a foot to Ragnhilda, the wife of 5th century Visigoth king of Toulouse. According to a 6th century source, people in Toulouse swore by the distaff of a, the goose-footed queen, and Francois Rabelais mentioned her in the Quart Louvre, which is from 1548. So, a legend attributes a large foot to the wife of Pippin the Short, mother of Charlemagne. So all these people had, like, big feet, like one big foot. This one, the queen, so the Where'd it go? A legendary figure from the Jura canton of Switzerland and the adjoining Montbellard region of France, I'm not going to say this right, I'm sorry, is the fairy Airy or Aunt Airy, which I love that. She has iron teeth and a goose foot and may appear as a giant or a snake. She performs the work of a housewife spinning, baking bread, and washing clothes. She punishes lazy spinners and rewards diligent ones and appears at Christmas to distribute gifts, riding a donkey. She punishes children who have been bad and she lives in a cave guarding a chest of gold and puts down her diamond crown while she bathes. Is that weird? That is weird. And then there's... um. 
In Eastern Europe, there's one uh, that's also analogous to Babiaga, which is the Mampiduri, or Mother of the Forest, resides in Ooh. a hut. I know. Resides in a hut that resolve, revolves on fowl's legs with a fence stuck full of skulls. Which is, so, like, all of these things are related to all these different countries, but they're all tied together. So it came from mm-hmm. somewhere. Actually, I just, and then they said, uh, there's another one in Romanian folklore that called the Forest Mother, a Mama Pudri, Muma Pudri, or whatever, who is believed to kidnap lost children and turn them into trees, as well as depriving them of sleep. And oh, also man. the Forest Mother has a hut on rooster's claws. So it's the same character. Yeah, it's the same thing, except like, yeah, turn me into a tree, sure, but let me sleep. Jeez. Yeah, I know. So here's some more folklore stuff. More of these, like, these people that, like, oversaw spinning. So a female figure in Slovenian folklore who may be identical to Prekta oversees spinning and the prohibition on on and other work during the winter ember days. In Catholic tradition, the Wednesdays, Friday, and Saturday after December 13th. The Slovenian Kvarter Ember Day accounts for another name of this personage, Kvarcherinka. Uh, children put a baby tooth in a mouse's hole and address to address torch her name's like Torkda, but they put a baby tooth in a mouse hole and they say i'm giving you a bone tooth give me an iron one for it <laughs> like you put a baby tooth in a mouse hole oh my gosh they think that it came from somewhere that it's a christianized version of a mythical being also like prekta which is the german version of that anyway so there's just a bunch of stuff like that Another one is a Frau Hule goes about the streets on the night before Christmas, clad in a hood and white cloak, carries a rod, and carries off bad children in a sack. In Valdek and Holen are dwarf-like beings who sometimes make children ill. Parents leave wool and bread in a juniper bush and tell the Holen, you should spin and eat and forget my child. Like, all these things were like all these creatures that supposedly were going to take your kid away on holidays. So it's like leaving cookies out for Santa, but Yes, but scary. horrible. I mean, that's where that comes from. <laughs> leaving cookies out for Santa comes from the all of these, like, bizarre, like, 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 crone-like creatures. Like, please don't take my children. But what if you want them to take your children? Right? I guess it's like, that's fine. You can have it. So on top of all of these Baba Yaga types, I found a Welsh one. Um, so the Welsh tradition preserves the belief in more than one spirit of the Banshee type, like, I, I am not going to try and say this in Welsh. I'm just going to say it has oh, yeah, a name. <laughs> it's a bunch of letters. It's in Welsh. It's, a, it's like, it's Carreth, C-Y-H-I-R-A-E-T-H. Uh, Welsh is a mess. I'm just going to yeah. throw it out there. Like, it's a mess. But anyway, the this reminded me of what you were saying. So they come in a dark mist to the window of a person about to die, flapping her wings against the glass while repeating his or her name. It's the same thing, but this oh. came from Wales. So, so it's like it's like a combination of like like the owl hooting yes. in the house and the bird flying into the window. Exactly. And she looks like she says her locks are tangled and knotted, her teeth are long and black, and she displays shriveled arms. And I was like, "Oh my god, it's another like, one of her limbs is deformed. She has long black teeth. It's, like, the same thing as all those other, other like, folklore archetypes that I was reading in the other book. So I thought that was really interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, so it's just, 
it's just, uh, there's all those ties to these interesting folklore things. But I, so I focused on Eastern Europe and Ireland and Britain, but I wanted to read, I have this, I'm gonna link her Etsy store. There's this wonderful person who makes these adorable zines and she does really, really good research for them. And I really like them a lot and they're all illustrated by her. They're so cute. I love them so much. So this is her little, uh, the Cider Moon zine, pagan tradition craft to celebrate the autumn. These are so cute. I know. And this, look at this, looks like your pal, Mari Lude. But guess what? It's not. Mari Lude also exists for Samhain. Um, Whoa, tell me, tell me about this, this yeah. fella. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to read her whole little thing here because I think it's just really great. Um, what we think of as trick-or-treating originated as a practice called souling in Erling Ireland. The poorest villagers would walk from door to door holding lanterns carved from turnips and offering songs and prayers for the dead. As payment, the homeowners would offer soul cakes to them. That's what I was talking about earlier. Soul cakes are dense, buttery cakes with cinnamon, nutmeg, saffron, and currants. During the 18th and 19th centuries in Southern Ireland, the Lairbon was a Samhain custom. A man would cover himself with a white sheet and affix a horse skull above his own to form a cloaked equine phantom. He and the village youths he led would travel from farm to farm, blowing on cow horns, singing carols, and asking for donations of food. So that happened in Ireland, too. Wow. So, but Wales like, made like it into a- Christmas? A horse skull is just very specific for me. Like, yeah. I know. Mm. It's just really interesting. And I thought this was really interesting. Uh, Jack-o'-lanterns, the charming pumpkin lanterns we know so well, took their names from an alternate term for the -the will-o'-the-wisp. Another origin of the name comes from an old Irish story about Jack-o'-the-lantern, who tricked the devil into climbing an apple tree and quickly put crosses all around the tree so he couldn't come back down. As punishment, the devil doomed Jack to never die, and to this day wandering wanders the earth looking for a resting place with an old turnip lantern to light his way. Jack of the lantern. Wow. Okay. Wouldn't it be cooler though if the devil cursed him to have a pumpkin head that was <laughs> lit? Maybe up? it does. Like, they didn't have <sighs> pumpkins. Like that they didn't even they didn't have pumpkins. That's why. They had they only had turnips. So you'd have a turnip head, which I feel like might Turp. look sillier. I don't know. I'm trying to find, I know, I had so many, I had so many different books this time because I was just going through everything. There's like, there was so much like synchronicity in all these fun, oh, here's a good one. Okay, Uh, so this is from Eastern Europe as well. These are number, these are figures analogous to Baba Yaga in Romanian folklore. It says, the Mampaduri was the mother of the forest, we talked about that one, Um, Baba Clonata is a tall old hag with a crooked back, long teeth like a rake. She, like the Baba Yaga of our folktale, is also the mother of dragons and the owner of a tub full of souls. <laughs> Two very specific different things. Baba Kwaja is queen of witches with a long glass nose, one iron foot, and brass nails. She kills unbaptized children and hides them in bushes where they rot. Baba Harka dwells in a cave and steals the stars from the sky. I'm just like, yes! <laughs> These are so cool. What? This is so cool. Right? Um, back to Precta. Food is left for Precta on certain days of the year, especially Epiphany Eve, the night from January 5th to 6th. Often the food offering has an oracle function. If Precta has eaten with a particular individual spoon, he or she will enjoy good fortune in the coming year. In Alpine regions, noisy mass processions called Prechtenlaufen, or the running and or chasing of the Prechten, take place in the winter season, usually between Advent and Epiphany. 
The participants are cons- costumed as either beautiful Precton with elaborate tall headdresses without masks, or as ugly Precton with devilish masks, or uh, Shishka Precton, and sometimes go from house to house receiving food in return for blessing the household. In the Multal region of Carinthia, Prechtel, wearing a frightening wooden mask and a cowbell on her back, demands either children or bacon before she will leave, which is kinder odor specked, twalge ich nicht weg. So, like, I won't leave unless I get kids or bacon. Bacon is uh, good Figures for like Prechtel with similar name are found in Slovenia and the Czech, and the Czech Republic. Yeah. This is just so cool. I just love how everything kind of it's what we've talked about with different like alien myths too yeah because like things are reflected in different cultures in mm-hmm. very specific ways so where like did they influence each other where did that happen how did that happen was that word of mouth yeah and someone was like yo this horse-headed thing and then they like turned it into something else or did someone did two different people see the same thing this like yeah it's i know it's, it's really it's really cool and to wrap it all up, because we want to get into story time, I actually had this old book. It's an old, it's an old witch book I got from Half Price Books about Scottish witchcraft. <laughs> this is like really old one. It had an interesting thing about modern day, which I was thinking about all of the uh, the stuff about Appalachia and how the how the people from Eastern Europe and the UK and Ireland all pretty much like when they migrated to America and settled there, like brought their own magic. And Mm -hmm. all of their traditions. So back, but back in the UK, this was something that was common there before like the Victorians were like, don't do that. And like the 1800s and like started kicking down Stonehenge and stuff because they were the worst generation and they ruined everything. Yep. It says uh, in connection with hollow fire. So it says in the 17th century, the Church of Scotland tried desperately, this is 1600s, but to get rid of the remains of druidical superstition and sorcery. In the minutes of the Kirk Session Register of Slains is recorded an inquisition made by the ministers and elders into the druidical practices and places in the parish Reverend James Rust and Druidism exhumed in 1871. Reports that several persons were delayed or summoned before the Kirk Session for practice, Kirk is church in Scottish, uh, for practicing pagan rites in connection with hollow fires and refusing to till the ancient druidical fields. Those dedicated spots to which people res- resorted for the working of charms and spells. There were no fewer than three places when the par- within the parish that were dedicated to the good people or the fairies, and these incidentally remained uncultivated until the beginning of the 19th century. There are records of bulls being sacrificed in the remote highlands and of oblations of milk being poured on the hills. Even to this Ooh. day, there are t- traces of the old druidical reverence for the sun. Earth and salt are still placed on the breast of a corpse for the repose of soul and body. Milk? Yeah. Something about milk? What is with milk? Milk's uh, everywhere. Milk, they pour it on the hill. On hills, That's I guess, for crazy. like for the fairies. The milk legs, not the milk legs. Milk legs. I don't know. It's just like, ugh, ugh, ugh. I don't know. That, yeah. For some reason, like, I'm like, oh, sacrificing a bull, fine. But then you're like pouring milk on, yeah, on the ground. That, and I'm like, oh. I know. Get that milk out of there. Oh, no. So interesting. I love that stuff, like those lingering superstitions. And it's interesting that, like, even now, like, in Austria, like, all of the Krampus stuff and all of that that's all lingering from back in these times so and then it came over apparently like the fucking the welsh banshee lady like flapping on the window the bird being an omen of death 
came over to apparently the Appalachians. Well, and it's like you said about the morning dew thing. That definitely yes. came from, from yes. there and then and made it sweat here was, and changed. Right. And that was my own, like, wild experience in Scotland. Like, that that was the thing. Like, that was... And what's even more interesting is that was told to me verbally by the people running this, like, pagan festival. So, who are from Scotland, which is cool. I was, like, my an, so ex- cool. experiencer of, like, of a verbal superstition, which is... I feel privileged. That That's is great. I love hearing stories about from when you were there. It's very interesting. Like, I don't know. yeah, I love, cool. I love Scotland. It's great. That's why I have all these Scottish magic books. It's fun. <sighs> all right. Well, that was, that was lovely. Um, I think it's time for us to get into story time though. Yes, it is. Yeah. I hope you all enjoyed, enjoyed all of our fun research. I like, I love talking about Appalachian I think it's really interesting because, like, it's cool that we organically could find a connection between those and, like, obviously where it had come from in the past. Like, that these had come from Europe and they'd come from the UK. It's just, yeah, it's just really interesting that humans hold on to these things so tightly, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And they pass them on. It's like a verbal tradition just to pass these things on and pass these like cures and superstitions on because like these are things that somewhere historically it 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 was true it happened it actually (laughs) is fact our writers didn't get you this time (laughs) so it's like you pass that on and these things remain and there's there's a lot of power i feel like in in that in carrying forward these lessons and these stories well yeah and now we kind of have to on our own because we have the internet and our relatives and our past selves didn't have like i mean there it was either only oral tradition you know so now we have the internet and you can buy a haunted doll (laughs) if you so choose so no that's uh or a dybbuk box straight to your house straight to your house if you you can You can spook people from anywhere in the world. Anywhere. Anywhere. It's time for Fact or Fiction. We will be reading chilling tales submitted from the community and guessing, are these fact, fiction, or somewhere in between? Use your best spooky scout skills to determine the truth. Do you have a scary story to tell? You can submit them to us at SpookySaturdayStories at gmail.com to have them read on the show. Just make sure to include if they are fact or fiction and your name. Well, I have All a right. story pulled up whenever you are ready. I can okay. read it. Okay. It's, it's going to be story time. Get ready, spooky scouts. Here we go. Story time. Story time. So this one does not have a sign-off name, so we'll say anonymous. While on vacation in Germany, I got an antique doll for my aging aunt back stateside. Unfortunately, she passed away before I was able to give it to her. A few nights later, I began hearing noises coming from my upstairs guest room. I went up to investigate as the noises grew louder and more violent. I eased the door open, expecting the lights to be on and the room to be ransacked. Instead, the room was pitch black, except for one thing. There, about where someone's head would be, were two eyes. The sclera almost seemed to glow with how bright they were, and the irises were a strange green color, like no other green I'd ever seen. I froze as the eyes stared at me, sizing me up, I believe. I had a moment of wherewithal, and I shut the door quickly. When I gathered the courage to look back in and turn on the lights, the room was exactly as I had left it, not a thing out of place. 
There was nowhere anybody could have hidden in the short amount of time between closing and opening the door, nor was there any way for anyone to have gotten into that room without getting past me. The next night, I was awoken to the sound of the door to my room opening. Nothing was around that could have opened it. A few hours later, the door opened again. This time, I awoke to the sight of the doll I bought for my aunt, sitting on my dresser, but ah. something was different about it. The eyes of the doll were normally a warm, almost peaceful blue. It was half the reason I thought my aunt would have loved it. Now its eyes were an unnatural green, the same near-glowing green eyes I saw only last night. I grabbed the doll and put it in a suitcase, putting a rosary on top and tied it shut with some cords, just to make sure that thing stayed in there. I'm not proud of it, but I donated it to an antique shop one town over. I wasn't about to take any chances with that doll and let it stay within one town of me, at least. No! Oh my god, Paco's dudin'. Paco! I don't know, I don't know! That's, no. I don't like dolls. Hmm. I don't know, I say that was pretty well written. And I don't like the idea of doll eyes changing, so I'm just gonna say it's fiction. Ooh! Interesting choice. I just don't I, I don't like, like the idea of doll eyes changing. <laughs> I just don't like it, so it's not real. Yes, that's how that works. Well, guess what? You got it. Ah! You're right. Writers made this one up. Made it up. There you go. It was too spooky to be real. <laughs> <laughs> too spooky. Too far too spooky. Oh my god, Paco is microwave beeping. Like I hear him. I hear the he's like, beep, 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 beep. He got he got activated. I'm a podcast listener and I often listen to Spooky Saturday in the car with my girlfriend. A year ago I was driving with my girlfriend to take her home when something incredibly scary happened that I still remember vividly to this day. Leading up to this night, I was off my meds for severe anxiety and panic disorder for the last three days because I ran out and my insurance was being difficult. Well that's that's real. So my girlfriend was being very supportive and we were hanging out till late into the night. When we went to get her home, we took a long back road that does that does that goes through some wooded areas and past an old abandoned ranch. We often leave around midnight or 1am and usually we never saw, see anyone. Uh, that night, however, I saw a figure walking on the side of the road near the old ranch. There's a retirement community next door, but I thought it was really weird if an old person was walking around at night, this time of night. As we get closer, I notice the figure has their arms outstretched and there was some form of cloth material making them almost triangle-shaped. I then realized the figure was not just walking towards us, but seemed to be walking to intercept us. My girlfriend and I scream, holy shit, swerve not to hit him. But in the moment, they were in my headlights and inches from the passenger, passenger side, we saw they had no face, pale as paper. Even though I dodged them, it still seemed like they were reaching out to try and get into the car or touch us or something. I asked my girlfriend if she saw their face, but she corroborated, saying that they didn't have a face. I looked in the rearview mirror and there was no one walking, no one standing where the figure was. We get back to her house and we sit for a while while we calm down and I say to her, I hope I don't drive past any more ghosts and try and laugh it off. No! Holly, no! That, it was a triangle shape. No, I hate triangles! <laughs> unless, it's, unless it's a chippy. Oh, unless it's a Dorito. Unless then, it's then a Dorito, fine. then I like triangles. I like them when they're Doritos. <laughs> but other than that, no! Dorito man. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds pretty real to me. I'm gonna th yeah, put those chippies in the chat. We got those snacks. Mm. Snacks. I'm going to say fact. That sounds legit to me. Interesting. <laughs> I, I so like... said I'm scared, so it must be fact. Well, guess what, everyone? 
You got it. This one's oh, no! real. One hundred percent real. F that. F that, F man. <laughs> That's horrible. That's way too scary. Mm-mm. Alpha Doom, please Mm-mm-mm. do not avoid the Dorito Man when yeah, you see him in the wild. Yeah, don't deal with that. That's that's not okay. That's just not okay. That does like, and you. I don't want to see someone with no face. Mm mm. Mm mm. Mm mm. Nope. Hard pass. <sighs> All right, are you ready right. for the I'm next ready. one? I'm ready. I have another one. Okay. Another one ready. Dorito Man, hard pass. Okay. <laughs> no, Story thank you, time. Dorito Man. Mm-mm. This one comes from Omu. Hi, friend. When I was a young teenager, my best friend at the time and I were having a sleepover and enjoying a nice, cozy evening. Oh. We were sitting in her father's fully furnished basement slash man cave, <laughs> where there was not only a comfortable couch, but a mini bar, complete with snacks, sodas, and beers for her for when her dad had friends visiting. So my fancy. Friend, so fancy. So man cavey. <laughs> my, my friend, let's call her Sam, and I were playing a silly Monster Rancher game on the PS2 on the TV across from the couch having a grand time with the game's particular gimmick. Ooh, I remember this gimmick! In order to make a new monster for you to raise in the game, it had a unique feature where you could pop in real-life discs, such as CDs, DVDs, etc., to spawn a creature based on that disc's data. I remember that. Whoa. Once we realized we kept getting different monsters, we of course wanted to see all of the different options we could spawn. We ran around the basement, gathering up old CDs to insert in the PS2 to see what monster the game gave us. We got the brilliant idea to run back upstairs to the rest of the house to gather CDs and quickly procured many in a box we had prepared to take with us. Eagerly, and with no reason to be afraid of the normally warm atmosphere, we went back downstairs without hesitation. I plopped the box down next to the couch and Sam and I spent a good while sorting through them and seeing what we could make. After about a few minutes or so, I felt a strange need to glance over at the mini bar that was across the room from us. I didn't feel cold or unsafe, but I did indeed feel like someone was watching us. Then, almost as quickly as I had perceived it, I sprang to my feet in terror. Ugh. Sam looked over at the minibar after I startled her and we both exchanged a look of horror. Peering at us with two pinpoints of light was a shadow figure peering no! over the table of the minibar, with what I distinctly remember as its fingers curled around the edges of the table, no! as if it were trying to hide while peeking at us. It all felt so fast in the moment that Sam and I both saw it, we ran up the basement stairs and locked the door. Making sure we weren't crazy, we asked each other about what we saw. We didn't hang out at all in the basement for weeks and didn't re-enter the house that day, opting instead to stay at my house for the duration of our sleepover. It's been many years and Sam and I don't really talk anymore. We're different people and we've drifted apart, but we still say hi from time to time and wish each other well. I brought up this incident last time we spoke to see if she remembered it, and she told me she still to this day has nightmares about it. No! Danagi got scared too. He just like jumped up and Oh, that's so spooky. No. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's fact. You saw a shadow person. Mm-hmm. I did. Like, how is it that that's fact? You saw one. I've seen I've seen it a couple times. I never saw like with weird light eyeballs. I think that would made me have just been like I'm leaving this earth entirely. <laughs> it's like t- can't do it. Take off into space. Take off. All right. Well, so you're saying fact? Yeah. Well, guess what, Holly? <laughs> you're three for three. This story is. Oh fact. man, no! It's horrible. It happened. Omu, uh, I think went to bed, but I'm so sorry, Omu. That's terrifying. I'm so sorry, That's Omu. So scary. 
Well, I Omen hate clarifies, it. Uh, this story is fact. I didn't believe in ghosts until this happened to me, and I really hope that I don't ever personally encounter one again. As fascinating as they are to read about or speculate on, the primal fear I felt encountering one myself shook me to my very core. Ugh. Ugh. Hate it. Hate, it, hate, hate it. it, hate it, hate it. I hate it. Yeah, that's awful. Cool, 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 cool. Well, I'm sorry that you saw that, um, but it's great. It's fact. Do you want to do one one final one well, yeah, to wrap us up? Let's do one more. Okay. This one comes from Pumpkin Pie. Pumpkin Pie! <laughs> Which is appropriate because it's the spooky season. Uh-oh. In my freshman year of college, I was much more adventurous than I am now. Which might be the reason I agreed to go with a friend of mine to a cemetery at midnight to play with her Ouija board. We set up the board under a couple of trees, making sure to stay away from the graves as we didn't want to be disrespectful. Asking the usual questions, is there anyone here with us, are there any spirits present, etc. Didn't seem to get us anywhere, and the planchet didn't move an inch. Ever the skeptic, I told my friend that I thought we should just pack it up and go, but she wanted to keep trying. As she protested, out of nowhere, a set of what appeared to be car headlights came flying towards us from the dark. Luckily, my own car wasn't too far away, and we managed to book it and drive away. The headlights chased us out of the cemetery before promptly disappearing as soon as we were out of the gates. Ever since, I seem to be plagued with a streak of bad luck and unexplainable things seem to happen around me. I get the feeling that whatever followed us out of that graveyard never truly left. Did you get Jack to get that noise? The like, do, 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 do. He puts in, but he, he puts in, it's like the X-Files noise, not the do, 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 Oh, yeah. But then right after that, it goes, do, 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 And I was like, that is what we're doing, actually, even though we're trying to make fact or fiction noises. That's amazing. That's amazing. I know. We're trying to make the fact or fiction noise. We're failing. Failing very, very I don't know. That's spooky. That could have also just been like the graveyard keeper being like, hey, kids, get out of (laughs) here. You know? Like, hey, stop. Are you vandals? (laughs) Vandals? Get out. Children. Children? I'm going to say fact. Oh, okay. Well, let me tell you who is correct here. It's not Holly. No! This one's fiction. Oh, it's fake! It's made up. Created gotcha. Pumpkin pie. Oh, gotcha. Can't, can't get them all right. I was too distracted Pum- by wanting pumpkin pie. I know. Pumpkin pie clarifies. While it's true that I played Ouija in a cemetery and we did get followed by a creepy car, it turned out to be a police officer pulling me over to oh let my me know that the cemetery was actually closed, but that the gates hadn't been I locked up properly. <laughs> I told you that was someone being like, hey, kids. Hey. So hey, it was fact, it. technically, but it was a policeman. Thank, yeah, so maybe we should give you that one, because you actually yeah. predicted it with very good accuracy. Thank you. Thank you. I did <laughs> so try. So four for four. We'll give I you that. I did try. You're right again. Oh, well, thank you so much, Pumpkin Pie. We appreciate it. And thank you all for tuning in to Spooky Saturday. Again, the Spooky Scout patches are available if you feel like putting them on your jackets and uh, adorning or your vest. things. You don't have to do anything to earn these badges except for watch the show. And then you have earned them. Yes, but which, the secret one will be harder to get. Yeah, the secret one will be hard to get. Which reminds me, we still need to become official MUFON investigators. We were still going to oh, work yeah. on that. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's plan that this week when we have our yeah. meeting later this week. We'll yeah. plan it. We got to become so official MUFON investigators. It's going to be great. We will do this. Yes. It's, it's the spooky season. Things get crazy it this is. time of year. Well, everyone, go enjoy yourselves. Get some chippies. Uh, enjoy mm-hmm. the spooky season. Have a lovely evening. 
Thank you for tuning in. And uh, again, thank you to Space Sign Coffee for sending us coffee. If you want to send us any treebies or gifts or just a hello, um, you obviously do not have to. I just like saying those words. Uh, we have a P.O. box. You can send us letters or cool books or whatever spooky stuff you want. Please no haunted dolls. <laughs> or please no, do haunted no, dolls. No. no. And uh, remember, we also get 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 rid of that. Get rid of that shirt forever. I hope that you don't <laughs> wear that in public. I never will. <laughs> you can make it into a crop top. If you crop the bottom off, it would be cute. <gasps> oh, maybe I will do that because the text is far enough down to where I could. And yeah. Just make just, the just text a, a bandana. It'd just on my be a, No. <laughs> uh, no, no haunted dolls. But yeah, enjoy. It's spooky season, and we'll see you next week for, I don't know, some more spooky season as always. Yeah. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye, spooky scouts. Stay spooky. Okay, bye. Thanks for joining us for Spooky Saturday. I'm Kayla Klein, and you can find me at KaylaKlein.com or on social media as at K-A-Y-N-C-L-I. And I'm Holly Conrad, and you can find me on social media as at Holly Conrad or at Commander Holly, and you can find us both at WeCrowingHens.com. We hope you enjoyed learning and speculating with us tonight. If you want to find out more about Spooky Saturday and becoming a Spooky Scout, you can find links to our social media, Discord, and more at SpookySaturday.com. If you want to toss a coin our way, you can offer the podcast some sustainable support by subscribing to Patreon.com slash SpookySaturday. Spooky Saturday airs live Saturday on twitch.tv slash wecrowinghens at 3 p.m. Pacific.